This is episode 110 with Kiana Sue Powers. Welcome to the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. I am your host, Ryan McGuire. And if you are in pursuit of your own happiness, this is the podcast for you. Join me along my own journey in finding happiness as I cover topics such as health, wellness, mindset, travel, adventure, dating, relationships, and so much more as I interview some of the most passionate and successful people in the world and ask them the questions that we all want to know on how they found their happiness. And on this episode, I get to sit down with Kiana Sue Powers, and boy, does she have a story to share. Now, currently, Kiana is a major player in Iceland for the economy and tourism. She's an amazing guide, photographer, outdoor adventurer, and will set you up for your dream trip when visiting Iceland. But there is quite the story on how she moved from America to where she is today. There was a lot of twists and turns, and she actually faced deportation from Iceland back to the U.S., but this woman would not take no for an answer. She settled down and grew her roots in Iceland and had no plans on going anywhere else. Now, admittedly, I knew some of Kiana's story, but I had no clue how intense it really was. I truly admire someone chasing their happiness and stopping at nothing until they achieve it. And boy, has she achieved it. She is such a major player in Iceland and tourism and working with other companies throughout the nation on short form media, video, social media. She is a true entrepreneur living her life to the fullest. And on a personal note, I'm going to Iceland in about six weeks for my honeymoon. So of course I had to ask her about all these tips and tricks and advice about when visiting Iceland. So I am truly thankful for her giving us some of the best behind the scenes information when visiting Iceland to get your best trip ever. She gives up the scoop on where to find the best Northern lights, the best food, some hidden canyons, the Blue Lagoon, what to wear, and so much more. She is truly the best Icelandic tour guide, period. I highly recommend you follow her on social media at Kiana Sue Powers, linked in the show notes below. Even if Iceland is not on your radar, just look at the videos, the photos. I can almost promise you that Iceland will be on your radar after you look at her. But with that said, it is time to get to the story behind Kiana Sue Powers. I am super excited for you to listen to this, so buckle up and hold on. She's about to take you for a ride. So without further ado, here is Kiana Sue Powers. Kiana, those are some incredible photos behind you. Did you take those yourself? Thank you. Um, yes. Yeah. They're all mine. Oh, Three my are like God. my favorites and they're kind of like all like juxtaposing the blue one. It's like a frozen waterfall. Um, and then we have the fire and then obviously the Northern lights, which I think is really cool to have like my, my pictures in my house. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. The land of fire and ice all encapsulated right there in those few photos. And they got the Northern lights. Absolutely incredible. Is that somebody in the Northern? Is that you? Yeah, so I'm like super tiny in it, and then um, 
It was taken on a tripod. You need a tripod anyway to take on lights. But yeah, I don't know if you can even see. Yeah. But I'm very tiny in it. <laughs> That's incredible. For people listening to this, sorry, because <laughs> these photos are <laughs> amazing. And your photos and your videos and everything you're doing in Iceland is how I found you on Instagram. You are absolutely killing it on Instagram. And I am a little disappointed I did not find you sooner because I am heading to Iceland the beginning of April for part of our honeymoon. Just got married in September and yeah, I cannot wait to go to Iceland. I was I was there about six years ago, but I have some unfinished business to do while I'm there and I can't wait to bring my wife and there's, I literally can't wait to have such a great time and experience more of what Iceland has to offer. And I saw your account fell in love with it. It is legit. I was, I remember telling my wife, I was like, you need to follow her because this is everything we need about visiting Iceland. And then some, and as you know, visiting Iceland, like tourism there is like economy number one. Like there's this podcast is going to be so helpful for anybody who's wanting to visit, who's looking to visit and will visit. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's an honor to meet you. I appreciate it. And I can't wait to get your story. So yeah. Thanks Thank for you. having me and congratulations um, on getting married and having your honeymoon in Iceland. I think that's so fun to have like more of an adventure kind of honeymoon rather than I feel like, you know, the typical thing is to go to like a, a tropical island or something like that. But I think Iceland is a great place because it's so memorable. Um, and even if you've been there, like you said, there's so much there. Even, you know, I've lived here for three years and there's still so much that I want to do and see that I, I haven't done so. I can't wait. I can't wait to talk about that. Yeah, I'm actually starting to get nagged a little bit about going to more tropical places. I, we should probably do that. We've we've been together for two and a half years now, and we've been to Alaska. We've been to Montana. We're going to Banff later this year. Wow. Uh, we've been to Idaho. So we're. She's getting mad that we're not going south. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> one of these days, I was like, "Yeah, when, I don't know. When you have kids and stuff like that, we'll want to relax in the beach. For now, let's let's go have the adventures of a lifetime." And I stumbled upon yeah. your account, and I usually give people the opportunity to pub their account, kind of like near the end of the conversation. I want to give you the opportunity to pub your Instagram right now because I want people to actually look at it to see what you offer. So if you can do that real quick. Sure. I'm Kiana Sue on Instagram and TikTok and YouTube. Really anywhere you can find anyone, I'm there. Um, and it's just K-Y-A-N-A-S-U-E. I know people don't know how to spell Kiana. So yeah, Kiana Sue on literally every platform, but um, probably m most interesting on Instagram and on TikTok. Yeah, very interesting. And legit too it's not just one of those accounts where you know you give kind of like foo-foo advice or whatever it is it is real i was like <laughs> wow this is super super helpful so i'll be using it for sure when i go to iceland like i said i wish i found it even earlier before we kind of started booking somewhat of itinerary which we can kind of touch on a little bit give me some some advice or whatever but you yeah, have an interesting <laughs> yeah you have an interesting story i mean you're an american from massachusetts area right yeah, I lived in Boston before I moved to Iceland. Okay, so when people think of Iceland, they think of visiting Iceland and then leaving. You bought a one-way ticket, right? Okay, well, I initially visited Iceland, as everyone is thinking, um, and I did like a 10-day road trip 
around the ring road in a van, did the whole camper van thing. You know, Iceland is a hot place to visit. Did that with my cousin. And while I was on that trip, I just was like, wow, this place is amazing. I need to live here. And I, I basically made that happen. It didn't happen overnight. And it, it wasn't like something that I set out to like do, but, um, um, I, eight months later, I ended up quitting my job and then selling everything that I owned and just coming to Iceland to really figure it out, <laughs> really on a whim, like, uh, definitely a spontaneous decision, probably not the smartest, definitely not the most responsible. Um, but I mean, three and a half years later and we, we made it happen. <laughs> I would say you figured it out. I mean, it looks like you got things figured out, at least to me from the outside, you're doing a great job on, on everything that you offer. I'm curious, what time of year did you visit Iceland the first time? I went in October, early October. Oh, God. And what did you think when the first winter rolled around that you lived there? Well, first of all, when I visited Iceland, I had heard all of these things like, oh, it's so windy, expect the worst, like unpredictable weather. And I didn't get any of that when I visited. And I was like, what are people talking about? This place is beautiful. It's sunny. It's like almost warm. Like what? Um, but the first winter was the darkness is the hardest part um, for sure. Like the days are so short and you just do have such less energy when when you don't get the sun and then often days you have lots of storms and stuff like in in the month you just maybe don't even see the sun for weeks it may be daylight but you don't actually see the sun and you don't know how much that takes a toll on you until you're like in it and like depressed and like everyone is like feeling the same way um but i think that was like the hardest part other otherwise it wasn't like the cold or anything because i think that it feels colder in like boston massachusetts for example, because the, there's a lot of humidity there. So mm. the cold there is like you have the temperature that it feels and then you have a lower like real feel temperature, you know, and here it's just like it's cold and that's exactly how it feels. It's just the real feel like you get what you get um, other than when it's windy, then it's really, really terrible. But <laughs> um, I didn't think that the like coldness or like anything like that was was worse. Yeah. I mean, I'm a Northeasterner myself, upstate New Yorker, lived in Connecticut for a little bit. So I am familiar with how winters are up there. So I imagine it kind of primed you a little bit for Iceland. You know, you're not coming from Florida. <laughs> so that would be. No, definitely not. I prepped like for the worst. I definitely thought it was going to be way worse. And I was like, oh, this is like not bad at all. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to get more of your story. So when you went over there, what was it about Iceland that just made you fall in love with it that you said, okay, I have to quit my job and sell everything and move? Well, a lot of things happened for me to quit my job and be like, I'm going to go to Iceland. But it was just one day on the road trip. I think it was maybe day three or something. It was in the Skaftafell area. If you've ever been to Iceland, then you know, like when you're going into the glaciers and you just basically see like glacier mountain, glacier mountain. And it's just like the most stunning thing ever. And it was on that day that I was like, oh my God, this country is insane. There is so much adventure and cool places to explore. Like you could spend so much time here. And I just, I want to do that. Like that is just so cool. We definitely don't have enough time. Um, and it, it wasn't like, it was just that day where I was like, I got to live here. Like, it's just so cool. But I, I didn't like 
put this into action or anything. I wasn't like researching how to move to Iceland or anything. It wasn't for a long time after that. I was, um, I had just started a new job when I went to Iceland. So, um, I came back, I loved Iceland, best of my life. It was like, couldn't stop thinking about it. And I was like, wow, people like do this for a living. They just travel. I was just introduced to like this world of like travel influencers and stuff like that. I had lived under a rock before this because they existed years before. I just didn't know about them. But after I became obsessed with Iceland, I started like following all of these people who lived in Iceland, who were content creators and influencers and traveling all of the time and just became obsessed with their lives. And I was like, wow, people really do this. And, um, I just loved it. Like we're just following their adventures and I was at my job and not liking the new job. So I wasn't like, I was, it was a mix of just nothing was like meshing for me. It was not the job. It was just like the company and the people. I really liked my job before it. And I worked in college athletics, by the way, before I moved to Iceland, big like sports girl. (laughs) And, um, and I just like between sitting at my desk, like nine to five and like, just waiting for the weekend and waiting for the next trip that I could take and like trying to calculate how much PTO I could use. And I had like none left and using sick days and like faking illness and just like all these, just trying to get out and go places like not even decisive. I just wanted to go, go for long hiking trips on the weekend or just wherever. And, um, with this Iceland thing, just like kind of burning in the back of my mind, just always like, what is going on in Iceland? What is going on in Iceland? And then then I started, you know, thinking maybe I should just live there. Like maybe that would be like really, really cool. And I started researching how to move to Iceland and it was nearly impossible from everything that I could tell on the internet. You need a visa to live in Iceland. If you're an American, if you're, if you're not a, if you're a non EU passport holder, you need some kind of visa. Um, and basically the only options are to like get married to an Icelander or to go to school and like have a student visa or to get a work visa and have some, company sponsor that or to like be you know a professional athlete or something like that or like be an au pair but I was like too old for the au pair thing there's like so many like rules behind au pairs and I didn't like I wasn't there so the only obvious reason to me seemed like the work thing I was like well I have to make money I like I'm already working and professional like I I can get a job nice and that's no problem <laughs> um it was a huge problem <laughs> uh so you need basically a company to um, vouch for you and like hire you and be your sponsor and say that they couldn't find anybody in Iceland to do that particular job or in the entire EU to do that job. So obviously no employer wants to do that because it's just a headache of paperwork. And that's just a really crazy thing to like fight for. Like you couldn't find somebody in the entire EU to do a specific job. So they have these like specialty jobs that like you can get a visa if you're like one of these specialty skills workers and i'm like none of those things it's like medical like a doctor or like computer science engineering um and something very specific to iceland being a glacier guide so i was like okay well i mean i'm not a glacier guide and i just i just wanted to live in iceland the goal was just to live in iceland and like have some kind of job there and like be able to go on the weekends and like go travel so i just like applied to a million jobs there hoping I would get something and just telling people that I love Iceland and I want to live there. And obviously nobody wanted to like give me a job or come within 10 feet of me because I, you know, required so much paperwork. Um, and I just thought, well, maybe it will be easier if I just go there. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I like, if I just go door to door, you know, how can they say no to like a human in the office? You know, it's like the old American way that they say to get a job, which doesn't work now, but you know, at one point it did. And, um, 
I kind of just did that after all of this, like, you know, months and months of sitting at my desk, like being like, what am I doing with my life? Like, these are the best years of my life. What am I waiting for? Like, I'm just going to let the best years of my life go until I have enough money. And then I'm what old and like, then I won't be able to do all these like crazy adventures. Like I want to do it now. And I got like super scared that I would like one day look back on my life and like see that I didn't do something that I like should have done something like in these years that I didn't like live my best years, like in my twenties, like I just didn't do fun things. So that was just like crippling to me <laughs> um, on top of just like work being very um, dramatic. And I really quit in a dramatic way. Like there was just a big meeting where I, I had just had it at the end of it. And I was like, <laughs> by the way, I'm giving a three weeks notice. And they were like, what are you doing? What is that? And I was like, yeah, um, I'm moving to Iceland. And they were like, what? And I also was like, what? No, <laughs> you're not. This is before I like was applying to jobs and stuff. I was just like, oh, move to Iceland kind of thing. And I was like, oh my gosh, now I have to move to Iceland because I just said that out loud. Obviously I didn't have to do that, but I was like, I need to prove it. So um, that's when I started like going hard applying to jobs and like emailing every person left, right and center. Um, but yeah, uh, I ended up like noticing that everybody on social media who was a uh, like, you know, traveler in Iceland, I noticed that they were all photographers. So in my mind, the only way to live in Iceland and do all these things was to become a photographer. Uh, that's obviously not true, but I just, I saw only like that lane. And um, so I was like, well, I guess we have to like be a photographer. So I bought a camera and taught myself photography and social media. Cause I felt those went very hand in hand back in like, you know, 2018. So that's when I started to like post on social media and like, kind of just learn how to use a camera and I don't want to say get serious about photography but I like just went head first like learning everything just binge watching like these YouTube channels about you know how photography works and editing and all of this stuff so I came when I came to Iceland I came with the intention of becoming a photographer of like trying to maybe get a job and then I would just become a photographer at some point I don't know how any of this would like line up for me but I was like I'm gonna be a photographer um so when I came, I had like been practicing photography a lot and uh, also applying to jobs. They had no money. Like I didn't save up anything to move to Iceland. I really came on a whim, had like no money. Iceland's expensive too, right? It's very I mean... expensive. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's comparable to like living in a big city, I would say like in the U S okay. so it felt, it feels similar to that. Um, but yeah. I mean, I applied to probably over a hundred jobs, like regular jobs, like office jobs and like jobs in tourism, like, you know, in hotels, like cleaning up rooms and stuff like that. Couldn't get anything. Um, still nobody wanted to hire me for anything. So I would just start doing like photography projects and you can like invoice people, you know? So I was like just here without a visa. So, um, that happened. And then after about three months of just all of these job rejections, I was like, okay, there's no other way I need to like, get a work visa by becoming a glacier guide. So, cause that was like the only special like work visa that I was like kind of obtainable for me. So Still I did a cool all job. I take yeah, it. Yeah, like I, <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. <laughs> um, 
So I trained to be a glacier guide and did all of this, like all these classes and all these courses and all these medical things that you have to do. And I was like all certified and ready for that. And that's like a, a whole like thing in itself. Um, and then tried to get a job from there. It was still super hard. Nobody wanted the American. Like I needed to have the top credentials, like for somebody to want to hire me instead of somebody else. So, um, I mean, one day I finally did get a job offer and I was so excited and on the same day that this job offer came to me in the afternoon, um, they like emailed me or texted me or something. And they were like, oh, we just heard about the the two week lockdown, this like the travel ban on Europe. So let's just put this aside for a little bit and we'll just come oh my back. God. <laughs> that was the most timely thing ever. <laughs> Obviously, wow. we never circled back. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah. Did so, you just want to like quit and go home or you're just like, no, I'm just going to keep pushing forward. Yeah. So I had wanted to live in Iceland so badly that a few months prior to that moment, I had applied for the university for the next fall. So like that was in March, you know, that I got the news. And then I had applied for in, you know, September for the university, just as like a backup plan. I was like, okay, if you can't get your life together in the next like eight months, like at least you have this student visa to fall back on because you can't keep just like coasting away here. Like you need to have a visa. So I was like, all right, I guess we're going to school. I really did not want to go to school because I'm like not one for a classroom. Like I don't really thrive in that kind of setting. And I just, I didn't like need more education like that way. I wasn't like looking to study. I was looking to like live. Um, and, but it was like kind of just my ticket into Iceland and then that, that's exactly how I used it. So I got to be here during COVID, you know, when the borders were closed and, uh, which was awesome because you could just travel as much as you wanted and nobody was around and it, yeah, it was nobody, so, no one. Yeah, uh, yeah. Like we all took it for granted for sure. I'm like, I didn't even live, live it up to the fullest. Like I, I mean, even when I was here during that time, I was like, I had nothing. Like I didn't have a car. I was still like, I was nobody didn't have any money. Cause I was like not making money. And there was just, I had a tough time traveling like then as well, but I still, I, I traveled like a decent amount. Um, and during that time is when I started posting, or that's when like reels came out, right? Like during, and TikToks, like that's when they got really popular, like during like 2020. So I, that's where I got a lot of traction on social media because I started posting videos about my life in Iceland. It really just started off as vlogs, like daily vlogs. And they were like so boring because my life was like really boring. Like I was like a student learning Icelandic. Like it wasn't, it wasn't that fun. That's incredibly um, difficult. I cannot pronounce <laughs> anything. Yeah, I know. I, I still can't. Um, but, uh, yeah. So from the reels, like everything kind of just really evolved for me, like short form video. And I became really an expert in this type of media, um, making all kinds of content and helping different companies in Iceland. Like they would see how well I was doing and, you know, I would consult them for how they need to like adapt this into their marketing plans and into their social media and, and things like that. Um, so during this one year that I had the student visa, I made a business because I was thinking if no company in Iceland would hire me and give me a visa, I could make a company and my company would hire me and give me a visa. So it's like a little loophole. <laughs> so I was like getting that ready for when my student visa was going to run out and like hire myself. And I like handed in on paperwork, gave the application in, and I was like all set thinking, I was very naive thinking this would take like weeks. I did not do a lot of research. 
thinking it would just be like a few weeks for like an answer back. And when I handed it in, I was like, oh, how long will it take? And they were like six, six months. And I was like, but like on average, you know, like, what is it? And they were like six months. And I was like, okay, cool, cool. cool. My student visa runs out in two weeks. <laughs> so like sweet. But uh, I mean, I just stayed in Iceland um, during that time. I think, I think I was allowed to, but I'm not really sure. I wasn't like ready to like look up that <laughs> I just did. Um, and uh, six months came and went. Eight months came, and they were like, "Hey, we're gonna we looked at your visa application, and we're about to deny it because we don't have enough information. Answer X, Y, and Z questions, and like then give it back to us." So I was like panicking, and I had a friend at the time who was a lawyer, not an immigration lawyer, but he just was a lawyer in Iceland. So he helped me answer these questions, like to the best of our abilities, like using you know other cases and precedents and stuff like that handed it in and then 10 months went by and i finally got the decision letter back from the immigration and they or from i guess the work like the labor director of labor mm-hmm. and they denied my visa Jesus, and, i wasn't <laughs> expecting that wow what? Yeah. <laughs> flat out um i did not get it uh their biggest argument was that you needed if you wanted this like special skills visa, because I said, well, this company runs the account, Kiana Sue, and what better person to like run that account? Like, and also she's like an expert in, you know, short form media and marketing and stuff like that. Um, and she's the only person in Iceland who can do it. <laughs> and one of the requirements is that you have to have like a higher education or degree of some sort in this skill. And I, obviously I don't have that because it doesn't exist. So, uh, they were like, nope, that is denied. And you're taking jobs away from Icelanders. And I was like, okay, that's false. Like my, you know, account brings in so many people to this country. Like your tourism is booming because of me. And I also, my company hires other people in Iceland to like work with me. So I just, doesn't make any sense. Um, so obviously I had to appeal that and I started like looking for, like you had an option to appeal it within like 14 days or something. So I started like looking for a lawyer who would help me and nobody wanted to help me because it just seems like I could not win this case. Like three lawyers were like, no, the only way you can do this is to get married to an Icelander. Like these were professionals, like the recommendations to me to marry an Icelander. I was like, who who do you want me to marry? Like, I'm not even, I'm so single. Like, who am I going to marry? And they're like, well, you could go back to school. Like, that's probably your only two options. And I was like, that is not, it's not an option. Like, it's not, I I failed out of school. Like, I didn't care about a grade. It was really just my ticket in. Like, I I stopped doing anything the second I, like, you couldn't kick me out of school. So, It wasn't an option for me to go back to school. Um, So I'm like scrambling for a lawyer. And during this time, I got a letter um, from the immigration office. And then was like, hey, we see you don't have a work visa. You have 30 days to get out of this country or we're going to deport you. And that was like a huge panic moment for me. Like I was like, I cannot leave Iceland. Like this is my home. Like I've been here now for two and a half years. Like everything I have is here. Like my company is here. My company is very successful. And I like have jobs and clients and I can't leave Iceland. Like I cannot leave Iceland Um, for any like extended amount of time. I just, I cannot. And I have like nowhere to go also. Like what do you mean? Like leave Iceland. So um yeah, I ended up like 
uh, finding some lawyer, uh, somebody like knew somebody who knew somebody. I don't even know. And uh, he was like willing to get creative on this case with me and do it. And um, yeah, I mean, we had like a really, really crazy appeal process. We um, ended up getting like letters of recommendation from a lot of companies here in Iceland who have like benefited from my services and could just like vouch for me. And then he obviously wrote a really great letter. And then we also made um, a documentary <laughs> about like me and like everything that I've done in my entire journey, which is not something that you would normally use in any kind of like court of law, <laughs> but we did because it was very powerful. Um, and we also had a petition uh, that like many people here in Iceland signed and also many people just globally. And those things all helped in our appeal and we had to appeal both the work visa decision and the decision to be deported. So um, the decision to be deported, usually everyone says yes. They're like, oh, we're appealing this other thing. Are we allowed to stay in the country while it's happening? It's like 99% of the time they say yes. And they said no <laughs> to me. And they were like, no, you have 11 days like to get out. And I they just, just don't like you. <laughs> no, I was like, what have I done to you? Seriously, who is out there like kicking me out of this country. I don't understand. So yeah, um, that was very heartbreaking. <laughs> um, but I think in the end, I only had like four days left. And again, I never planned on leaving. Like it was like, you know, coming down to the wire, like six days, five days. And I wasn't packing a single thing. I was just living my life as if normally, like I was, I was not leaving Iceland no matter what. I was like, they can come and remove me. I'm not going. Um, and I think we we won the case uh, with like three, four, three or four days like left of the uh, of the countdown to deportation. Oh my god! Um, but yeah, it was it was the most um, horrific time of my life, <laughs> thinking that I would like lose my entire life for about two months. There, I think, is like the entire process that that took. And, and when you uh, and, and when you say successful, I want people to have someone to understand. And we don't need to talk about like money that you bring in or finances, but. I'm looking at your Instagram account, almost a half a million followers. Like, yeah, you're and doing something I, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. And at the time of this like visa situation, like I only probably had 30,000. Like I didn't even have these crazy numbers. Uh, wow. So it was like, you know, my business isn't just Instagram. There's like lots of, lots of things that I, I do mm -hmm. in the business. So um, all of that was doing really well. And I mean, like, yeah, Instagram has, has also been like a, a really cool, like fun success thing and has brought me so many cool opportunities. Um, but yeah, I mean, if it's not how I measure success, like just the followers on Instagram, but um, <laughs> because it truly like doesn't, it doesn't align with anything that my business does. So good for so you. <laughs> that's, that's, that's amazing. That's incredible. I will say the followers are well-deserved. I've looked through a lot of your content. It is, it is no wonder why you have that many. It's like I said, your content is awesome. I really appreciate it. It's super helpful. I found you, we'll go, get back to your story in just a moment. I found you not too long ago when you were posting about Ice Pick Journeys and hmm. with Ryan Newburn. Are you familiar with Ryan Newburn and his story? Yeah, yeah. 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 So he was the one who gave me the idea to make my own company and hire myself, actually. There you go. There you go. I, I interviewed him a year ago, probably a little over a year ago now. Oh, and awesome. he's actually given me and my wife a tour into in the glacier. 
And oh, that's, that's one of the ways I stumbled upon your account. And I know you did like the zip line uh, there. I don't know when it was, but it's, uh, I saw the video and I don't know if that made me want to do it more or made me want to do it less. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> I still haven't figured that one out. <laughs> That's like probably one of the scariest like moments, like scariest, like adrenaline rush kind of moments of my life. I was so scared to do it. I was like, what? I don't, I don't remember why I said yes to this. I don't want to do it. This is so scared. I don't, I don't want to go. And why am I going first? Like mm. I was just, I was so scared. You but don't then make it, it. You don't make it all the way across, do you? You kind of get to halfway and you got to crawl across. Uh, you or? do if you like run fast enough. So you have to like give yourself a running start and then, and you'll get, get all the way across. But uh, yeah, I think I did it like three or four times. And um, two of the times I like went back, I, cr- I pulled myself back to the middle so that I could like, you know, take some pictures in the middle and do something. But yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you you can't make it all the way across. You have to like run, which is so scary because you're just running and jumping into a hole. Like it's uh, how deep uh, is it? Is it like incredibly deep, or is it like yeah, ah, it's not too bad? No, no, no. You you would die if you fell. There's no not a chance that you would survive. I, you couldn't see like the complete bottom. <laughs> I'm Most afraid of heights. I'm afraid of heights. No, you would not like this. I wouldn't. I don't recommend this. Then I appreciate <laughs> you saying that. I actually genuinely appreciate you saying that. You know what's funny is, my wife, as of a week ago, was all in, and I'm like, maybe I don't know. And let me do some more research on this to see if I would like. Because I I visited tur- Turkey last year and I did a zip line, but you grab on, you're just gliding the whole time. You're just yeah, flying, this is right? Nothing like a regular this kind is of run and jump. <laughs> <laughs> big yeah. difference for somebody that's afraid of ledges yeah uh, and so when i saw your video i thought May- maybe you know maybe and she's the one who started to backtrack a little bit it's like i don't know if i want to do that and i was like i, I don't know so right you know when i knew we were going to talk i was like let me just ask her real quick to get her thoughts so i appreciate yeah. the honest opinion Definitely. I would not recommend at all if someone is afraid of heights, like whatsoever. Truly the scariest thing I've ever done. Felt so good the second I jumped, but like, oh my, no, like you would definitely not like it if okay. you are. It's- <laughs> I think I would, I would like the fact that I had did it. I don't yeah, know. Definitely. Running up and jumping off a ledge is just not in my yeah. DNA. So I right. So I'm, if you don't run fast enough and hard enough, you definitely won't make it, and you'll just be in the middle. Which is definitely if someone who is like scared for the first time, that's they would definitely not make it. The first time I did it, I didn't make it. <laughs> I'd probably <laughs> trip and like go like two feet and be like, I am effed. Now I gotta pull myself. <laughs> I went with two of my guy friends and um, for some reason I went first. Like I didn't want to go first. I wanted them to go first, but like Mike, our guide was like, no, Keanu's going first. And I just, I, he like had stationed them around the hole so that they could like take pictures and videos and stuff and he they were clipped in so nobody was with me to like hype me up and i was so so scared and i was just like screaming i'm so scared i'm so scared and i'm like trying to like pep talk myself like 
this is great. You're going to, you're going to do fine. Like you can do anything. You're so brave. Like you can just do it. And like, it was so, I was just, I couldn't, I did not want, want to do it, but I don't know. I, I was like, just for the content, like you have to go yeah, for, the con- for the gram, do it for the gram. <laughs> I sent it. And, uh, and both of the boys afterwards were like, Oh my God, after we saw you go, like we didn't want to go. And also wow. I hadn't seen the whole like beforehand. So I like just jumped into not, knowing anything because it was so windy that day that we weren't like we had to just like sit in this like really snowy area that was like not really blocked by wind but like it was unsafe to walk around like without like Mm -hmm. the guide like with us and stuff so we definitely I didn't see like what this hole looks like. I definitely didn't. Uh, the the boys had had a, had a view, but after they went, they were like, "Oh my god, that looks so scary!" Like I don't want to go, and I was like, "So sick!" <laughs> like awesome, you're going. <laughs> wow, I know I just kind of hijacked some of this conversation to ask you about that, but I I I, I had to. <laughs> but uh, let's get to the to the fun stuff in just just a few. But I kind of want to get back to your story of like so. Sounds like time was running out. Basically, it was running out and things turned around for you. Finally got the break, your well-earned break. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, of course, there's like so many small stories and drama, like just within that whole like visa like period of my life, the whole visa drama. But um, yeah, I got it. And you would think that I would feel like super relieved and really happy afterwards. Uh, but I, I wasn't at all. I was like... I didn't really know like at the time like what I was feeling but I fell into like this huge like um kind of just burnout like I was just like really burnt out on like Iceland and like trying so hard like because it just fell for like you know months that I do so much for Iceland and it wanted nothing to do with me which mm-hmm. obviously like that's not exactly how it, it works but like it just felt that way. Um, and so it was like really hard for me to like travel and like do all these things that like usually make me happy, like go on road trips and like pick up the camera and stuff like that. But I, I just didn't like it. And I, I was feeling to myself, well, you know, if you're not excited here in Iceland, like, you know, maybe it's time to move back like home because you told yourself you would live here for as long as it made sense. And it's starting to not make sense. You're not very happy here. And the things that you used to love just aren't exciting you anymore, which is sad because you just got this visa, like you waited so long and, you know, maybe obviously don't make a decision now, but like, you know, in the next year, like, let's just think about like, play this out and see, see what happens. Um, but that didn't last super long. It lasted like a whole summer. Um, this like kind of like depressed, like burnout, like thing, which I didn't know at the time. I just only realized it afterwards. I knew I was like not happy for a long time. And then it wasn't until afterwards that I was like, oh, like that's what happened to me. Like I just had experienced a very traumatic event and I was like coping with it. And my, you know, I didn't know how to like do that. And I, to me, it wasn't a traumatic event. Like I didn't like view it as a traumatic event, um, but it like, it very much was uh, like, I was going to lose my whole life and every day I was fighting for my life and um, because nobody else was going to do it for me so I was out there you know telling every single person my story because the more people who knew the better Um, and I mean I was all over the place during uh, during the like the the deportation time I was in every single 
newspaper on every single news channel on every single like radio show and like wow. every single podcast in Iceland like I was definitely like nobody didn't know about my story here in Iceland at least not that there's that many people here but um it was definitely like a huge talk of the country and um yeah so <laughs> did but, you feel uh, I gotta ask did you feel like resentment a little bit too like I gave you oh, everything and it was like you got, it's up to a few people that were just like eh, whatever we don't care yeah, for sure. Um, I definitely sometimes still feel that way. Like, I'm, I I definitely feel like uh, I do a lot for this country and still don't get, like, anything. Like, uh, not that I, like, I mean, it's fine because I do, you know, I have my own thing going on. But, like, I just feel like maybe the tourism board or, like, the tourism industry here in Iceland, like, could could be giving back to me a little bit more. Do they <laughs> you know show I mean? appreciation yeah. at all to you? Um, I mean, you know, I got lots of like really nice notes and letters and stuff like that, but you know, nothing like crazy. Mm. <laughs> nothing I would say like notable really. Um, but yeah, uh but yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I get what you're saying. I, I that could, I would have a hard time bouncing back from that a little bit. It almost like, almost like an fu attitude to some people. But it's like two, three, four, five rotten apples, right? When the entire country is just, I mean, from what I've experienced, incredibly generous people. The land is like absolutely one of a kind, and to be where you are. If you just kind of step back a little bit is just right. an, an amazing, amazing place, right? Yeah. I try to remind myself that it wasn't anyone who didn't want me in Iceland. It was just old rules and laws that can't be changed. Mm -hmm. um, and because, I mean, I have and have still have had and still have like the support from so many Icelanders here who really appreciate what I'm doing and like who really supported me during that time. So um, I know that like I, I do, but it's, but it is hard to like always remember that. Like it just, it really did feel like Iceland didn't want me <laughs> even mm. though I did so much. I felt. Well, I think it's safe to, say that, safe to say that Iceland wants you now, and it's definitely safe to say there's a lot of people visiting Iceland that wants you and wants your help and wants your services. I am one of them. Um, so <laughs> I'm super, super happy we're having this conversation. At So like, at what point did you really like take off? What, when did you blow up? You're like, okay, my business is becoming something. Um. So... I just, well, I kind of knew like from the start, like I started making videos and I was like pretty good at them and I actually really liked doing it. And, um, and I still was like doing photography jobs. I still do photography jobs. Um, and as like my main thing, but I just became like, uh, an expert in this short form media that like every company needs right now. Cause if you don't have it, you're just, you're behind or you're, you're not reaching any of your markets. Um, and so it was just kind of like during that when, when, when companies were just like needing so much help that like, and I had like all of the answers, I was just so into this. I was always like doing my own research and listening to podcasts and like watching YouTubes and just like learning different ways to edit and like how to get people's attention and like what is like trending, like not just like, um, you know, audios and, you know, 
little trends and videos, but like what is trending like in the industry and things like that. So I was really at the forefront of all of these things like, and I still am. So I help a lot of companies like do that um, and make a lot of content for their companies. So I, I'm not sure really what the moment was for me that I started like knowing, I think when I like dropped out of school or like, you know, stopped going to school is when I had realized because it was at some point, like some essay came or like some assignment came and it was like, you have to write an essay. And like, I'm telling you, I did not learn anything in this school. Like I was on zoom because it was during COVID. So I didn't do anything the right way. Like all assignments, I would cheat on everything. Like, because, because I could like, and I didn't really care about the grades. So, I mean, not that I condone like cheating, but you know, it, for me, it was my ticket into Iceland and doing whatever I could just to like stay afloat. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was like, suddenly I turned down some project or I was like contemplating turning down a project because I had like class or this essay due. And I was like, what are you doing? You do not even care about school. Your business is doing really well because you're getting all these jobs and you suddenly like don't have time because of school. Like that's not, mm-hmm. that's not what's happening here. You're just like, you're doing a great job, like screw school. <laughs> and um, which was, a real, that was also very hard to like, to just be like, okay, just I'm done with school because we grow up like our entire lives in the US, like thinking that you need to get good grades and like be attentive. And, you know, you just have this mentality and that's really hard thing to like unlearn. So that was actually kind of difficult for me, even though I say it very like nonchalantly, but um, it was. And I think it was at that moment that I was like, okay, like we're in this, we have a business, we're doing it, like let's, let's go. Um, and then more recently, um, I've scaled my business. So, uh, I've like hired people and I work with teams and stuff. And I, um, just have people working for me because I can't do it all myself. Um, there's just too much going on. And in order to grow, you need to expand. Good for you. That's awesome. That's awesome. And I kind of, I'm not going to go down this hole in this podcast, but I actually, at some point would love a conversation and on your short form media and reels and stuff like that. I don't know if you give classes, tutorials or anything like that. Uh, I want to learn and I wouldn't mind learning from you. Uh, You're obviously killing it, like I said. So besides that, when someone contacts you and they're coming to Iceland, what can they expect you to help them with? Um, so if somebody DMs me, then I actually like, don't do my DMs. I have a like community manager. So, uh, somebody's do my DMs for me, but they will answer everyone's questions and they will give them like all the answers that they need. So if somebody messages me and says they're coming to Iceland and they are wondering like, what car should they rent and what should they, where should they stay? They're coming for five days and whatever, then we will tell them exactly where to stay. Like we will say, you should book at this hotel in this hotel or or check out this and you should use this car rental and and do this um without like too much you know planning their trip just like here are things that you can book so it's kind of more of like a sales funnel mm-hmm. um because everything is like an affiliate link mm-hmm. um so we can still help them it's really like kind of just more of a travel agency like in the dms um and then of course we try to just push my guide because all of my knowledge which is so much i've compiled it like in a very easily digestible 
uh, way. So it's on my Rexby guide, which um, there's like an interactive map and it has just like everywhere in Iceland, all these like secret places and places that are well known and just, you know, just everything. Restaurants that I like to go to, coffee shops that I think are cool, like out on the side of the road that you wouldn't normally stop at and where you should get gas, where you shouldn't get gas, you know, like everything like that. And I have um, some itineraries in there as well with just like all of the information that that you could need like you've been here so you so you know like you can't just say okay on on day two you should go here here and here you need to tell them that on this day you're not going to see a single gas station or a like a town so you need to pack some food for the day or you're going to be starving and like don't run out of gas like you need to tell people things and like you're also going to get soaked at these waterfalls like make sure you bring this and this oh by the way if you want there there is a secret hot spring you should maybe bring your bathing suit like you know because maybe you don't have your luggage with you every single day so i have all of that information in my guides just so that people have like the ultimate trip and like just the best time because i just love iceland so much so if you're going to come i want you to love it as much as me <laughs> maybe you won't but like i want to give you that opportunity so i don't want you to go wrong and i want you to do like what i tell you to do selfishly. i think i do it right Awesome. Yeah. And you do a great, like I said, you do a great job of that. Your reels and videos and posts have already been super helpful to me. Uh, I, I'm on your website and I was looking at it earlier with the map that you have, the interactive map. Awesome. I wish like every place had this. I highly recommend that. You literally see a map of Iceland with like hike here, go visit here and like different things. It's just interactive. You click on it and it opens up as like this is incredible. I wish I had saw this. I mean, I'm glad I saw it now before I'm going, but I wish I saw this like months ago. I was like, it's like Disney World. It's like Disney World for Iceland type of thing, right? That's, yeah. that's, the, that's the feel I get. It's like, but Iceland is one of those trips like you do want to have a plan for because you don't want to go home saying like, oh my God, I missed that. I didn't see that. I didn't see that. Yeah. I didn't take advantage of this. And for Iceland is like, for many people, it's like that dream trip where they're going to go once and never come back. And so you really want to take advantage of it. Exactly. And, and, you know, people may come and just think that everything is like an hour away from Reykjavik or something, but that is completely not true. And in order to hit all of these like awesome spots, it requires a lot of research. And I mean, and I, I know it cause I did it and you have to go back and forth from like your notes to like a, a map and pin everything and like find, you know, more, more information about every single place. And it's a lot of work. So mm. I've done it all for you and you, you don't need to to do it. And because I mean, I truly want you to have the best time. So you can just like trust everything that I have is, is right there for you. So yeah, I'm glad you find it helpful. We'll definitely like get your access to that after this. Oh, 1000%. Uh, yeah. I, I, it is the best thing I've seen on Iceland so far by far. And <laughs> so as, as I'm looking at like the map and whatnot, I should throw this out there. What if I'm coming to Iceland and say it's my first time, it's gonna be my only time in my life. What's like the one thing you're like, I have to do this? Um, I definitely well, first I would like ask like what time of year are you coming? But I would say like you need to get onto a glacier. I and that's at any time of year. Like go for a glacier hike. And if it happens to be the winter time, like then go for an ice cave glacier hike, because I think that the glaciers are so, they're so incredible. Like, first of all, everything in Iceland is insane, but like glaciers, you, <laughs> I, I, I have no words. You learn about glaciers and like eighth grade earth science. Right. And you're like, okay, it's like a ton of ice, like whatever. Got it. 
And then you see a glacier in real life and you're like, oh my God, that is a ton of ice. Like that is not at all. It's nothing like you imagined it could be. And it's just, it's, you can't even see the whole thing here. It's like, it's insane. So I think that everybody needs to go on a glacier. It's such a once in a lifetime thing. And there's not too many places really that you can have that kind of experience in the world. Um, I think there's really not that many at all that you can just like very easily access glaciers. So I would say the one non-negotiable thing is to go on a glacier. Even people who are on a budget, like they're really trying to not do any tours. I think this is the one thing you should not like leave Iceland without doing. Great advice. And I've seen numerous glaciers in my life where all the places I've been, but I've never been in a glacier and that was my unfinished business from, from Iceland before. And that's when I contacted Ryan. I said, I need to go into an ice cave. He's going to be my tour guide. I believe we should be fine at the beginning of April, right? That's what he was saying. Think, we should be absolutely be. fine. Yeah, That is my unfinished business. I cannot wait to go inside of a glacier. And oh. not only that, have Ryan take my photos. I mean, I'm just. Oh, my gosh. I'm the, giddy. I, I, I know the ice cave you're going to. And it's. It's so cool. It's the best one because there's always like a new ice cave every year, right? Like you yeah. can never, they melt and new ones form. So, um, you know, people won't be able to go to this one in the fall, but this one is the coolest ice cave. I think I have probably ever seen in a glacier. Like I've lived here for three and a half years, been here for like four winters and it's, oh, I'm so excited yeah, for you. Hell yeah. I'm, I'm super excited. Uh, if, if it doesn't happen in April, then I'm going to be just so upset, but it sounds like <laughs> it's going to happen. Yeah, I, I can't so. wait. I cannot wait. Now, one thing I thought you may or may not say was the blue lagoon. What are your thoughts on the blue lagoon? Um, I think that a lot of people want to be like, Oh, it's a tourist trap. It's, um, so expensive and touristy. And so many tourists go there and I'm like, yeah, because it's cool. I don't think it's underrated, overrated. Um, it's expensive. I think it's worth it. Like de definitely. I've never like gone to the Blue Lagoon and, and regretted it. I live here and I've gone to the Blue Lagoon like four or five times. Um, I think it's super, super cool. I think it's less touristy than people think. Like definitely you go into the parking lot and it's full cars and you're like oh no what have i done this is not going to be good but the inside is actually huge like have you mm -hmm. been to the blue lagoon i have and and just to also throw this out there too is our first night in iceland we are driving to the blue lagoon and staying at the silica hotel so we're going to start it off with somewhat of a bang i guess you nice. could say and i'm ha very happy to hear you say that <laughs> Yeah, definitely. I um I try to put it on nearly every itinerary that I can unless they specifically ask not to do it, which I don't I mean, some people do, but then I would also say, you know, I actually do recommend this. Um, I think it's so great to start or end your trip. I think it is just it's such an awesome experience. It's a it's a, like the water is like a different consistency than like, it's like thick water. It's so weird to say that, but it's like dense or something. Um, so you like move slowly to it. It's not like going to a swimming pool or being in a hot tub. It is in the sense that you're in like warm, hot water, but, but, um, but it, it's, you'll see, it's so relaxing and it's like, you know, you can't see through it because it's like really dense. So it's not like you can like see your feet or anything. Like 
going on. So it's just really like a magical experience. And it is so big on the inside, like the actual like Blue Lagoon part that you're, you never feel like you're like, you know, so much with a lot of people. You can maybe see a lot of people, but you always have lots of space around you, like more than enough space. And there's lots of places to go and hide away and stuff like that. So um, I think you'll have a great time. And I do think that people should go to the Blue Lagoon if they have the time. Yeah, I genuinely loved it last time I was there. You could obviously, yeah, touristy. It's cool. You can swim up to a bar, get a drink. And one of the benefits about staying at the Silica Hotel is like they have their own little branch of like the Blue Lagoon that's kind of like closed off for people staying there. So it's one of those true honeymoon experiences. You know, you're kind of like just walking out of your room right into your own little own little Blue Lagoon under the stars at night. Like, yeah. I, oh my God, I'm so pumped. You have no idea. <laughs> I'm so excited for you. It's gonna, and you're going to have so much daylight in April too. Like mm-hmm. yeah, that's so, that's so nice. Like, because you just have so much time to like go and do stuff and so much energy. And then you're suddenly like, Oh my gosh, sun is going down. Should we eat dinner? And you're like, Oh wait, it's like 9 PM. <laughs> <What should we-> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's a great point. And so I also wanted to bring up something I'm not super familiar with, but my wife brought it up was the sky lagoon. What yeah. are your thoughts and opinions of the sky lagoon? So I also really like the Sky Lagoon. Like I, it's hard for me to say if you were, um, people ask which one do you recommend or which one is better? And I don't think that one or the other is better. I think they're both very cool and they're both like different in their own ways. However, sometimes at the Sky Lagoon, I do feel like there's a lot of people like there's way less people at the Sky Lagoon than the Blue Lagoon, but the Sky Lagoon is smaller. So mm-hmm. sometimes you can be around a lot more people. Plus the, the I don't know, I think just maybe people crowd bar area or something i don't know but i think it's it's really awesome like i feel like we just go to the blue lagoon like icelanders go a lot to the blue or, sorry to the sky lagoon it's first of all very close like, like 10 minutes over my house mm. um and there's like always a deal like we all everyone has like a two for one deal like at, at sky lagoon and um if you go to the sky lagoon then i would definitely like recommend splurging for the ritual like to get the seven step ritual otherwise it's just like a very glorified like pool swimming pool like a hot tub we say swimming pool here in iceland but it's just a hot tub um but a very big one um and i mean it's really pretty like infinity and you can see out into the ocean and um it's it's so cool like everything there is like man-made like the nature and the like architect stuff but it's it i am shocked that it is man-made i think it's like the same people that made like disney that okay. made this uh definitely don't look that up or quote me but i feel like i heard that before okay. it, it's, it looks like super super real um and it's very very cool and also on the seven step ritual there's like a sauna with like a huge glass that like looks over the ocean is very cool um and i think it's like definitely worth it to do this like seven step ritual thing awesome Okay, so I'm going to keep asking you questions here because yeah, I'm trying to. I'm, I'm putting myself in my own shoes, but I'm also putting myself in people's shoes that are super interested in visiting Iceland, and I want to sell Iceland to these people as well. And I know you do too. Yeah, you um, have so. <laughs> okay, perfect. So, as far as excursions, you should get on a glacier. We talked about glacier caves. Is there another excursion on the island of Iceland that you're like, yes, you have to do this? I think that it's really, really cool to go for a super Jeep um, trip. So super Jeeps here in Iceland are uh, like, we don't even have those in the States. So it's like a funny thing to say. They're not even Jeeps. Like they're not the brand Jeep. They're just like 
they look like monster trucks, but they're not monster trucks because the wheels are different. So they have to be, they're like 45 inch wheels. They're crazy. Like as big as me. And um, they're on these like sprinter vans or sometimes maybe just like a, some Toyota, Toyota or Ford or whatever. Um, and the flyer, the flyers, the tires can inflate and deflate like from mm-hmm. inside the car um, so that you can cross rivers and like drive up on snow and up on like glaciers and like just go through some crazy, crazy terrain that like a regular car could not go to. Um, and you can go to these places that are like so untouched and unspoiled. I mean, a lot of Iceland is, but like, you know, there's like no tourists at the places where the like super Jeeps can go. And, um, and I think that it's, they're so, so cool. Plus like, I mean, crossing like these massive rivers in the Jeep, I think is like so fun because it's definitely, you look at it and you're like, we are absolutely not crossing the river. Like it's raging, like white rapids, like there's no shot. And then the Jeep just like goes this like special way because they can like the driver can read how the river goes and what part is shallow. And it's just insane. I mean, buses and cars definitely get stuck in rivers here in Iceland and like have to get towed. And these cars are really <laughs> Um, but, uh, these super Jeeps, you know, they can do it all. And they're, it's so much fun. Cause you're just like in this like really big, like car. And I took my, my parents came and I took them on it. And my dad was like really hyped on like the car. And I was like, are you a car guy? Like, I didn't know. And he was like, I'm just a guy. Like take a picture. <laughs> I was like, okay. But I definitely think, um, like a super Jeep is a super Jeep tour is super cool because that's also something that you can't really do somewhere else. Um, and you can go to some really, really cool places um that you wouldn't normally be able to access in a car awesome well now i'm going to look into that and, midgard. midgard adventures is who i would go with okay awesome definitely look into that probably this evening so <laughs> another thing that people always think about when they think of ice and they probably get off the plane and get a car and then go do the golden circle what are your thoughts on the golden circle underrated overrated rightly rated and is there any tips or advice going around the golden circle that you would give to somebody I don't know if this is an unpopular opinion or not, but I think that the golden circle is super overrated. Um, I don't know if I'm just like spoiled and jaded because I've seen everything in Iceland before I saw the golden circle. (laughs) If I maybe saw the golden circle first, would I have liked it more? Maybe. Mm. Um, But it like, it's totally not comparable to like, for example, the South coast of Iceland, the South coast of Iceland is beautiful. Um, The golden circle is very cool. If you're going to do it, you need to do it on your first day or else I think it's disappointing because Mm. it definitely like everything only goes up from, from the golden circle. Like it is really cool. There are some really beautiful waterfalls and some really cool like nature features and the tectonic plates are above ground there and they separate and you can like see the and that, I mean, that's wild. Um, and there's a geyser, like, that's really, really cool. But I've seen a geyser. <laughs> like, I've been to Yellowstone and I've been, been to the geyser there. So for me, it was like, okay, I've, whatever. And it's super, super popular. So there's lots and lots of tourists there. Probably the, like, single most place that tourists are, like, in any given time is in the Golden Circle. So, you know, there really isn't that much, like, privacy or, you know, there's there's just always going to be people around. So I would say, you know, it's definitely, like, beautiful. Like, if you want to go, go. It depends on how many days you have. And sometimes I have people skip it. And I also – so on my first trip here – 
We were here for nine days. We didn't go to the Golden Circle. I had read it was overrated, so I didn't go. I didn't go there until I actually lived in Iceland. Um, and then I was like, okay, yeah. So I didn't actually miss anything. But again, it is very pretty, but you have to do it first so that you think it's cool. Because if you see everything else, this is definitely not as cool. We have yeah. that on iTerner for day two after we leave the Blue Lagoon. And I've done it. I would like to do it again. It's one of those things where it's like you're there, you kind of got to do it type of thing. And to yeah. see those waterfalls. And uh, one of the things I did around the Golden Circle, I'd like to get your feedback on too, is there was a place, I forget what it's called. They have it written down where you can bake that bread like underground. Yeah. It was delicious. <laughs> oh my God. It's the best bread I've ever had in my whole life. It's, it's um, incredible. Yeah. Yeah. It, that's at um, Fontana. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a, Fontana is the name of a, like <laughs> a spa. It's like, it's like a pool place, like a hot spring pool place. I don't think that's like the coolest place you should go for like a hot spring spa, but I would definitely recommend going for the bread um, because like the, the tour or whatever you want to call it is only like an hour long or whatever. And it's, it's very cool. It's very surprisingly cool. Like you're like, okay, whatever they bake bread. And then you go there and you're like, wait, this is like insane. They're just like literally putting dough in a pot and put, digging a hole and putting it in the ground. And then the next day there's bread in there. Like that doesn't make any sense. And you can, you get involved. Like you can touch the water and feel that it's like boiling hot. And like, mm-hmm. you know, the guide like boils eggs in the water, like while you're like right in front of your face. And I think that that's like insane. And then you just eat that bread and those eggs. And I'm like, what? I also, I, I did that for the first time after living here for two and a half years. And I was like, I cannot believe I thought that this was stupid. Like this <laughs> It's delicious. And in fact, I remember like six years later or something like that. I was like, I still remember how amazingly delicious that was. Absolutely incredible. And did you, did you get an opportunity to see down to earth that Zach, Zach Efron, um, the Netflix special? Have you seen that? Yeah, I think I have. Yeah. He comes to Iceland. Yeah. Yeah. Episode one, I actually do that. And I I imagine that probably helped a little bit too with tourism is a Netflix special. And, you know, that was a big deal. I really actually enjoyed that series, but, um, Okay, another gem. Best waterfall in all of Iceland. Where is it? Oh, that's like a very, very hard question. Um, I mean, if you love waterfalls, like obviously don't skip the South Coast. You should also never skip the South Coast, whoever you are. I don't care if you don't like waterfalls, you're going to learn to love them. Um, but I think that the South Coast is just like really has really great ones because there there's so many, you know, there's there's some you can walk behind and there's some that you can like that are just so, so massive that you can hardly like fathom like the size of it and how much water is coming down. And and there are some that are like hidden in a cave and there are some that you have to like go through like a long canyon and like hop over rocks to get to and like cross, you know, the river and like, you know, hang on chains on a wall and clamp a rope and then you get to it. And then it's like really cool because you've like worked extra hard to get there. Um, And, you know, some that are just like with basalt columns and it's just like, it doesn't even seem real. (laughs) Like what planet am I on? So um, to answer your question, I don't have a favorite waterfall and I don't think that there's like one. Oh, maybe if there's one, I think Skofoss is super amazing, which, which 
which means you can go to the one next to it, which it's like a one minute drive away and it's called Skvernefoss. Um, So it's really two, it's two for one. So any one of those is like the number one for sure. But I mean, if you're going on the South coast, you, you go to like, you know, six waterfalls in a row. So I don't think you just said this, but maybe you did. Svartafoss? Have you been there? Yeah, Svartafoss. That's the one with the basalt columns that I was talking about. So yeah, that one is super, that one is like crazy cool because it has the basalt columns that are just like, they do not look like they're from nature. Just like rocks that are like cylindrical and like in an octagon type of shape. And they're like hanging down and then there's a waterfall like coming through them. And yeah, that, I mean, that one is super cool. Like not, and definitely not overrated. That is very cool because you're like, how did these rocks get here? And spoiler, I asked a ranger because it doesn't make any sense to me how these rocks were like formed and it's basalt lava. So whenever basalt lava interacts with, um, water, it dry, it like dries in this special way in this like eight in this like octagonal way um and so i was like but how like there's so much like basalt there like, at this waterfall and it comes out of nowhere you're just have you been to it no i've not been to this one no okay so it's just like you're just like you you're hiking up it's maybe like a 30 40 minute like hike up it, it it's true literally straight up but like at least you get to hike down um and but very easy like it's a paved situation and okay. Um, you're just like, it's just like, there's like hills, like you can't see anything. Like you, you, you like, don't know like how, uh, there's going to be a waterfall. doesn't make any sense really. Like the landscapes are just like trees and bushes and whatever. And then you just come out of nowhere and they're just like a hole, like in the landscape. And it's all these like basalt columns out of nowhere, still trees and like bushes all around it. And then this waterfall and you're like, but how did that like mm. lava, like get there. It doesn't make any sense. So I asked the ranger and he said, well, you know, I, I don't know. I wasn't here obviously when like the volcano erupted, but probably there was a lake there or maybe like, you know, maybe there was like, a glacial lagoon there or maybe there was, cause it's in the glacier area or maybe there was like a really big river there. And so when the lava hit that area, then it dried that way because that's how it dries when it interacts with water. And then like the water is still there now and it like makes this thing. And I'm like, what? Science hurts my brain in Iceland. <laughs> it, it looks, <laughs> it, it, so this waterfall is like one of those you see on like a desktop background type of thing. I've seen this like a million times, but I've yeah. never seen it in person. And so you would say this is a recommend, you recommend to go visit. Definitely recommend. And a bonus recommendation for that one is, so I said you hike up to it and then you can hike back, but instead of hiking back, if you have the extra time, I would, you can see that like, there's another trail. I think it's called the Shorpa loop or I don't even know, like SJ something like you'll know. And, um, and it's just like an, an arrow, like, like that way. And you're like, what is that? And so I just go, just take, the extra loop because the views over there are amazing so basically you walk up to the waterfall you see it from up top and then you like go down to it and then you have to come back up to get on the trail and hike back or you can like turn um on if you're facing the waterfall then the trail is on your right don't mm-hmm. go to the left um okay. there, there is a trail over there but go to the right and just like walk that way and um it's beautiful it's so beautiful you're like wow this is so amazing i'm in like the sound of music like movie mm-hmm. and and then the views come and I don't want to spoil it for you, but it's like, 
best view. Like you, it's so, it's so good. It, you, have, you have no idea it's coming. It's so good. Awesome. Take the view, and then you can keep going and it comes like right back down to the bottom. Perfect. Okay. So something that I imagine a lot of people are wondering about when it comes to Iceland is the food situation. Um, what food would you say you recommend and do you have like any tips or advice when it comes to eating in Iceland? Um, great question. I, the classic is like the Icelandic hot dog. Like everyone should try the Icelandic hot dog. It's so good. And you should get it with everything on it. You can get it anywhere. Like literally, I think the first time I had one was at a gas station and like, that's where us Icelanders get it as well. So that's not like a weird thing here in Iceland. In the U S I would definitely like be sketchy about you know, gas station food, but here in Iceland, all the gas station food is very fresh and it's like very normal. It's like go to the gas station and get lunch. Um, so I definitely recommend a hot dog with everything. And also like any lamb dish is amazing. Like the lamb in Iceland is the best lamb I've ever had in my entire life. Anything like anywhere that you go that has a lamb dinner on the menu, get it, order it. It's so good. And all the sides are delicious. Like you just, you definitely won't go wrong <laughs> with it. It's, it's so good. Um, and I would also recommend, which I didn't know about this the first time I came, but now I've been on this like food tour. I also didn't know about food tours. Like, I don't know my entire life until like a year ago, <laughs> but there's a, a, this tour in Reykjavik called the Reykjavik food walk. And you have like a local guide and a small group and you meet somewhere and then you go to like five or six different restaurants and you have like a local bite at each place. And it's like, it's like pre-ordered for you. Like you go, you sit down, your guide is talking to you, telling you fun stories. And like, it just comes to you. Like you don't order anything. And, um, you get to try all these like amazing things that you would definitely not have tried, like without a guide telling you that this is what you should like try here in Iceland. Um, and it's, I mean, it's so good. Like I, I now go to these restaurants and like, just get that like dish, like the whole dish instead of like, just like a smaller portion of it because it's like really that good. Um, but yeah, so I would recommend that the Reykjavik food walk. Um, and I have discount code so you can check out my guide for that. Um, and you try everything there, but if you don't do it, then anywhere, get the fish of the day or the lamb dinner. For sure. Awesome. I'm trying not to ask you too many questions. I ultimately want people to come to you <laughs> and find this out. And... <laughs> There's like a lot of questions people have. So, you know, it's, you'll never ask like too many. Okay. I'm trying to ask more kind of a generic stuff because ultimately I do want people to come to you and figure out all the details and, and work with you. I think probably the number one question that people ask you is the Northern Lights. Oh. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that's here. Your best tips uh, tips and tricks and advice when it comes to Northern Lights as far as time of year, where you got to go, reading the meter. Give me the good stuff. Um, first of all, I would say to have no expectations. Like, definitely lower your expectations and don't come to Iceland to only see the Northern Lights because they're very, very unpredictable. Like, it's just nature. We have no control over it. Uh, it just, it, it, it happens or it doesn't, and we don't know. Um, so, but, uh, with that being said, the longer you stay in Iceland, the better chance you have of seeing them. So 
You can come anytime between September, like beginning of September to mid-April. So you might have a chance to see them. Um, basically, what you need is dark skies. And people are like, oh, do they not exist like in the summertime? And I'm like, no, they do exist. We just have 24-hour daylight. Like you cannot see them mm. um, because you need dark skies to see the aurora and you need clear skies. So if you can see the stars, that's a pretty good sign that you might see the northern lights that night because... Um, you know, these are just lights in the sky, <laughs> like they're just in space, you know, uh, so they're above the clouds. So if you can see clouds like that, it's not happening. If it's raining or it's snowing, like you're not going to see the northern lights. Nobody is. So it's not just you. Um, and I use an app called it's just called Aurora. And um, the only things that I use on it are there's like a map that you can click on to see like the location of the Aurora, it, like tracks the Aurora and it's pretty cool actually. Um, so you can like see when it's like gonna be there. Cause sometimes it's here at like 6 p.m. but sometimes it's here at like 10.30 or like 3 a.m. So that helps to like know if you should like be like out at the window, like looking for them. Like, oh, do you have like maybe zero chance to see them cause they're literally not here and you can just see that on this app. Um, then you can also see the KP level as well. And so these are the only two things I look at because there's a lot to look at and a lot of things that don't make any sense. So don't look at like the probability or like the cloud coverage there. Like just look at the map and look at the KP level. So it will tell you for like the week how it will be. Um, and then also by the hour of that day. So um, an average KP level is a two. I think the scale goes up to nine. Um, but the average KP level is like a two. That's like kind of our baseline, I feel. And, um, and so anything above that is like, it is supposedly insane. Like, you know, a four is crazy, a five or six, like that's nearly unheard of. A five or six is like, oh my God, this is going to be insane. But that being said, I've also been out during a five or six and we're like, what is this? Like, this is not, this isn't anything like this happened. And I've also been out when it's like a 1.3 and this is like the most amazing thing I've ever seen. Like, this is definitely not a 1.3. And so, you know, I mean, we, again, you can never like for sure tell like how they're going to be, but as long as you get away from like really bright lights and you maybe just drive to like, if you're in Reykjavik, then drive to like the Groda lighthouse or just out into the countryside, or there's a Really great place like 20 minutes from Reykjavik be called Aurora Base Camp and that's a really great place to see them they have like these domes there that you can be inside and like these uh they have like it's like glass or plastic like walls or whatever so you can see out and so you can just see when they're there like so when they're there you can like go outside that way you don't have to always be like running back and forth and they have like hot chocolate and coffee and like a fire outside. So um, that's a really nice place to go. And they're also situated in a place where I don't know like how this happens, but very often, even though it's cloudy, there's like a pocket of clouds like right there. So there's like often a clear sky, like in this area, just, I don't know, mountains and weather systems. But um, so it's usually a pretty, pretty good place to go if you're like around Reykjavik or else like hop on some kind of tour. I will say that you should never go on a boat tour, <laughs> like uh, anything that's like a, a Northern Lights boat cruise. Like, don't do not do that. That I feel like that is a huge tourist trap. There aren't many tourist traps, and I feel like that is like definitely something you should stay away of. Do not go on a Northern Lights boat cruise. Why is no that? Because you're, you're stuck on a boat? 
I just like, you just can't control the Northern Lights, you know, like, so I think that their whole cell is like, yeah, you can be on this boat and like do it. But like, I think it's just better to be driving around somewhere or like be somewhere where you can go inside and like, then go back outside. And like, I don't know, I just, there's not a better chance of seeing them like on the boat than like also at the lighthouse, like Mm -hmm. in in, Reykjavik. So I, I just think that, you know. I'm glad you brought up that point about using kind of like the meters as somewhat of a guide, but don't think it's like the Bible. You don't have to necessarily mm-hmm. go by that because that was my experience when I, when I went to Iceland. I think it was a one or a two was the first time I had ever seen the Northern Lights in my life. And it was like unbelievable. I, I mean, it was it was unbelievable to me. It, as a Northern Lights show, it was probably average, but it was super cool for me to see. And it was only a one or a two. And you said the lighthouse. So on our last night there, I said ours was my dad and I, we went to the lighthouse and it was a six on that meter. And it was nuts. And people there were like, this is the greatest, this is the greatest night of the year to be here for this. And it was like some kind of like a, some kind of like a sun flare storm or something like that. And it was like yeah. above you. It was everywhere. I can show you pictures because it was like bending over the water and stuff. You look above, you see like the purple streaks and everything too. Yeah, and it was yeah. like, wow, it was, um, yeah, it was amazing. We went, as you mentioned, with kind of like the hopes of seeing the Northern Lights, but not like, you the know, this is why we're going. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And yeah, it's, um, since then, my wife and I have, have saw the Northern Lights. We saw them near Denali and Fairbanks in Alaska. Um, but not like, not like it was in Iceland. I'm I'm hoping that picture that you have behind you, I'm hoping we see something like that just to blow the doors off. Is there, um, besides the Aurora base camp, is there like anywhere in Iceland? Is it just kind of like generic, like just go anywhere or. Yeah. It's there really isn't like, like you, you see them everywhere, you know, they go over the entire country. Um, I feel like in the north, though, I don't know if they generally have like better weather or what, but I feel like I always see them when I'm in the north during winter time if it's clear. Um, but do you get bored with them? Are you just kind of over it now, or just kind of like? I don't get bored when they're like they're like that, or like how you described it. Like I think that is so insane. Um, But sometimes I am like, "Mm, that's not that great. I'm not gonna like go. (laughs) <laughs> but um a little bit jaded but but like that what you just described is like every time that something like that happens i i truly like deep in my heart just wish everybody could experience that like that is probably the most like magical magical thing of probably just a, a, wow like northern lands are insane <laughs> it's absolutely crazy here's a real quick question you don't have to dive too deep into this but for anybody who's looking to set up their camera to take pictures of the northern lights do you have any advice for that um, yeah, I do. Uh, first of all, I will say that um, you don't need to have a camera to capture the Northern Lights. You can just use your phone. Um, phones these days are pretty powerful uh, with the night mode and everything. So you just kind of put it on night mode, which is a long exposure, and you hold it very still or put it on a tripod and take a picture and you like it's it's taking a 10 second long picture so you don't want to move and it's letting in all of that light throughout the entire time so i will say and those do pretty good at least um 
all of my past iPhones have been like very shocking to me how good the Nova Minus came out. But um, yes, so any other camera, you definitely want to put it on a tripod and have the ISO like as high as you need to have it. Um, so of course, this is like anyone shooting in manual um, and it will be different for every single camera. So, uh, you know, you don't want to crank it up too high because you don't want the noise, but you definitely want to like have it as high as you can go to like not have some noise. And um, you just focus it on infinity, uh, which is just like you have to put it in manual focus and then focus to infinity, or you can, you know, find a really far away light, the farthest thing away that you can find and you focus it on that. And then you just like lock the uh, focus so that it stays there. Um, point it up at the sky when it's going, I would put it on like a, a two second timer or something. That way you just, you don't get like the shake of the camera when you press the button. Um, and I mean, anywhere from like half a second to, you know, maybe even 20, 20 seconds, uh, for a, for a shutter would be, would be pretty ideal depending on, you know, how fast and how bright the lights are moving. Um, yeah, I guess that's kind of really, really all you need. Spot on because that's what I had to do before. And when I was in Iceland, my pictures came out crystal clear. I must've been focused on affinity, but I went to Alaska my focus is off. I, I don't know what I did wrong. And, and I got to like read up on how to focus my camera, my DSLR to infinity to make sure that's ready to rock yeah. when the time comes. So but, you can probably see on like, there's probably a little meter or something that just has like the infinity sign. Or, I mean, like I said, if you, if you can't figure out how to do that, you just find the farthest away point, focus on that. Um, you can even put it in like, autofocus try to focus on that and once it has that locked in then you just lock the lock the focus so that it doesn't change and and awesome. then hope that it works <laughs> that i mean honestly we just talked about that for like about one minute that one minute right there might help so many so many people get their dream photo of a lifetime that is I hope so. great great tips i appreciate that um okay a few more questions for you hit me Okay, so all I've done and I'm going to do is basically the south until you know we go to Vic, we go to the Black Beach, we go to like the Diamond Beach and Glacier Lagoon. What's the pros and cons of doing the entire Ring Road? Um, cons is that it takes like longer than you think. I know it's only like if you put it into Google Maps, it tells you it would take like 13 hours. You're like, oh, sweet, can do it in a day. No, there's so much that you have to like stop and see that it, it like you shouldn't do it unless you have a minimum of seven days. And even then, I think that that's like pushing it. I think like 10 days is what you want for the ring road. So the con would be to like that you're moving very quickly, that you're like, you know, waking up really early, getting in kind of late, like making sure that you're moving at places, like maybe not getting that much time at each location. Also, depending on the time of year, like you never know like how much day that you have. Um, and, and maybe that's the only con. I wouldn't really advise to do it in the winter time just because you never know what the weather it's super unpredictable and like storms can come with literally a day's notice so like don't like look at your weather app like weeks before you come to iceland and expect that's what it will be um and then roads will close and then you know your whole plan is like you know you lose a day you lose two days and then you're maybe bummed because you've had all this stuff planned and you're not you have to skip it all now so that would just be um the con is that it, you can't really do it in all seasons or at least i wouldn't advise it <laughs> 
Um, and, and that it would, you know, take like away from other things or whatever, if you wanted to do the whole thing and didn't have a lot of days pros so much awesome things to see. Like it's, it's so, so cool to just like keep going and like never have to like backtrack. You know what I mean? Cause there's always, there's so much to see and um, it's always nice to just like keep, keep moving. I think the other con, I just thought of another one would be that you have to always like change accommodation. Unfortunately, like you cannot just camp out at a place for five days and like expect to like go around the road. There's so much driving it you really it looks like you can like google maps makes it seem like it's like doable in one day and it truly is not if that's one piece of advice i could give you is that do not trust google maps when you're in iceland for the time like with everything else it's like has every location but like do not trust the driving times um but yeah i mean the pros is that there's so much to see in iceland and there's so many beautiful things around the entire ring road so you get to have like a whole bunch of different kinds of things. Like, you know, then you'll get to see the glacier region. And then after that, you get to see the East fjords and those are just unbelievable, beautiful. And then the North is so different than everywhere else you've seen. And it feels like you're on another planet and you don't, you can't even believe that you're still in the same country that you were yesterday. And like, everything is just changing so much and it never, ever gets old. Um, I, I think that's just like an amazing pro really. Like you can just see so much and do, and do so much. Well, after I leave for my second time, I might still have some unfinished business. I have to get back there and do the entire ring road at some point in my life. Yeah. Looks incredible. I mean, Northern Iceland looks just absolutely amazing. It's like you can't go wrong with anywhere you go. You cannot at all. Like the only thing that you could go wrong with is truly staying in Reykjavik the entire time. I think mm-hmm. that that's like a mistake that people like underestimate. They just, oh, I'm going to Iceland and they book a Airbnb for eight days in Reykjavik. And I'm like, no. You're shooting yourself in the foot, but people do that, um, huh? Wow, you have the whole country to see. People do that. Yeah, they just they don't they don't know. I guess if you if you're maybe going to like anywhere else for like ten days, you would maybe be okay if you stayed like in yeah in the I I I don't really know, but it's a mistake. (laughs) I don't know again because nobody is saying to do that. Uh, That's why they got to work with you. Okay. So another question that people probably have a lot of, obviously this depends on time of year is what to wear. Um, so what are your biggest advice and tips on what to wear? Um, always expect it to be cold, even in the summertime. Uh, so bring, bring your winter jacket at all times of the year, because you literally never know. I wear my winter jacket, like a puffy, like big jacket sometimes in the winter, because sometimes it gets cold. Um, even though it's summer here and maybe it will say it's, oh, 65 degrees. It certainly doesn't feel like 65 degrees. I'll tell you that and we get some crazy winds so the winds obviously make it really really cold um and i mean it rains all the time so do not come here without rain gear and i'm not gonna rain jacket like not a waterproof jacket like not or water resistant like it needs to be waterproof like that the water needs to roll right off you because you get so wet in iceland um and i think rain pants as well like rain pants are so underrated they are amazing because they also like block out the wind and (laughs) to keep everything dry like rain pants are a must um as well as like waterproof boots i think it's a mistake to come to iceland and like go around in sneakers because you probably just ruin them um and again like it's just like always raining in iceland so definitely want to make sure you have like some waterproof boots because you're always maybe crossing rivers or like you're around waterfalls and you just want to have some good boots so definitely that and just like lots of 
layers. You know, it sounds so simple and as if I'm trying to like hide something, but like truly just we're all wearing layers out here. No one in Iceland is wearing something special. We're wearing wool. We're wearing like layers and, you know, merino based base layers um i have some like thermal lined leggings like nothing like that you wouldn't wear somewhere else where it was really cold um all that being said when we were in Reykjavik we were wearing normal clothes (laughs) all like you know because we're not like outside but when you're traveling you definitely like need those things because you're going to be outside a lot and like doing some uh more adventurous activities so all that definitely lots of pairs of socks um and don't forget your bathing suit and towel because there's lots of hot springs to go to i mean honestly we can keep talking for hours and hours and hours (laughs) I'm not afraid to just plan my trip for me, but yeah, I mean, that's honestly, I want people to come and find you. I want people to talk to you. I want people to follow you. Definitely worth it. Even if you have no plans to go to Iceland, just look at the beautiful pictures and videos that you post. It's like, it is unworldly. I remember when I went to Iceland, we did one of those like tours to kind of like, we got off the plane and a bus picked us up with a group of people. And that was fine. I actually really enjoyed it because I didn't have to worry about anything. It just took me everywhere I wanted to go. But I remember it was like every few hours, you look out out your window, it was like you were in a completely different landscape from the waterfalls and the mountains to lava fields, to black beaches, to glacier. It was like, what the hell? Like every few hours, it was unbelievable. nuts. Nuts. I, I can tell why you fell in love with Iceland. And, and <laughs> yeah, as we kind of wind this down here, I want to give you an opportunity. Is there like anything like a hidden gem or words of advice or something that you really want people to know about Iceland? Um, I mean, I think we've at least covered everything that I would have said. Like I Good. would, you know, say get on a glacier, don't stay in Reykjavik. Like, come with no expectations um one thing i i also one tip that i think people underestimate is like like the weather um and they like trust with their whole lives the weather apps that they use and they're like no i'm like a ride or die accuweather like person or like a weather app or whatever and like that doesn't work in iceland like none of those apps are accurate in Iceland. I don't care how much it has saved your life and always been right for you, wherever you're from, it is not accurate in Iceland. We only use one weather uh, channel here and it's vedder.com. It's V-E-D-U-R, oh, .is, sorry, not .com, um, but it means weather in Icelandic. Mm. Um, so that's our weather and it's pretty accurate. It takes a little bit of time to like figure out how it works, but it shows you the wind and the precipitation and all the normal weather things as well like if it will be sunny or snowy or whatever and the temperatures but um the wind map on there is like extremely incredibly helpful (laughs) um but yeah i I would say (laughs) i do not care how much you trust your weather app don't use it it doesn't work in iceland like you're gonna get stranded somewhere a storm is gonna come i don't know come be flexible have no expectations promise you you're gonna have a good time and like def- definitely check out my guide like i'm here to help you and not trying to like scam anyone but definitely not trying to scam anyone there's like there's tours out there that i feel really scam people and i hate that so mm. i want people okay. to well, have so working with you and your guide let's give me all the ways that people can follow you and, and read up on that 
Yeah. Um, so it's at the link in every bio um, that I have on everything. So again, at Kiana Sue. Um, and you just click my Iceland guide there. So you have to like unlock the, the profile. You see everything that I recommend that's bookable. So you can see every hotel I recommend, everywhere to eat and like every tour that I recommend. And oftentimes there is a discount code in there. But to see like all of the, you know, waterfalls and hot springs and secret locations like that, then you have to unlock it. Um, and there's also some itineraries that either you can buy or just you have access to everything. If you unlock the whole profile, then you get all of the itineraries as well. Um, there's also an option there to get a personalized itinerary from me. Um, so I do that for a lot of people. Um, and that's they, great. I, yeah. I mean, for someone who doesn't know where to start and they contact you and you form a great trip for them, they don't have to worry about it. That's freaking yeah. awesome. Not at all. And, um, they, they love it. Everything is right there. I do everything except for book your, you know, accommodations and tours, but, uh, you know, that we've made the guide super easy so that you can just book like right in it's, it's so easy. You don't have to go into a tab or anything. It's very easy. And then if that's, if the dates aren't available, then, you know, it brings you to more options that like are nearby that I would recommend as well. So it's, uh, we've made it, you know, foolproof and, uh, and, and like I said, I don't want anyone to miss things in Iceland or like, you know, it, the traveling in Iceland is not like traveling like somewhere else in the States. You need to have, you know, some things planned out a little bit. So, um, yeah, I really just want, want to make sure people like have the best time here. That's awesome. You clearly do. And you're doing a great job of that. So everybody go follow you. I'll put all those links in the show notes. So just scroll down, you'll have to click on and go right to your website and Instagram and TikTok and yeah, your stuff is awesome. As soon as I saw it, I was like, yep, I'm asking you to be on my podcast. This is great. <laughs> oh, that's so great. love it. And I love your story too. I mean, I didn't know, I knew of your story that you moved there. I read up on you and everything. I didn't know how down to the wire it came. That is extremely, extremely frustrating. I thought your story was going to end at some point and there was like, nope, got rejected. Nope, got rejected. I was like, <laughs> wow. And, and yeah, oh, I mean, God. good for you. You just have like the... It seems like you have a skill set to just be like a fighter. Um, you don't take no for an answer. And I had no plan B. It was like uh, my only plan was to live here. I was like, well, we're, we, I can't leave without trying. Um, and if you really want to see like uh, the documentary, I would I would recommend it. It's only like eight minutes long, nine minutes yes, long. And I do. On YouTube, just um, just type in my name, Kiana Sue Powers. You'll get my channel. There's not much there. But uh, like this this deported documentary is on there and maybe have some some tissues ready. It's, uh, wow. It's I'll link that too. I'll link that too. You That's incredible. Out the content creator. We're going to make some powerful, powerful content. That's incredible. All right. Well, I'll tell you what. If you're around when I'm there, let's get a drink of coffee. Let's keep the chat Absolutely. going. Yeah. I would love to. I would love to. I would love to. But Kiana, it's been a pleasure and hopefully I'll see you soon. Yeah, definitely. Thanks for having me. This Absol was a great time. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> Special thank you to Kiana for giving us her story. Wow, I cannot imagine. Just put yourself in her shoes for a moment, leaving everything behind, everything you know, and facing deportation coming within just days of being kicked out of a country. I honestly just can't fathom that, the amount of stress and frustration that she must have been dealing with, but she worked through it, and boy, oh boy, it is paying off. She's doing an amazing job. 
for herself and the entire nation of Iceland. That is so awesome. Kiana, I hope I get to see you soon and grab that cup of coffee and we'll continue the conversation. But to all of you, thank you for listening to this episode of the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. Please share, please subscribe. It means a lot. It is greatly appreciated. And don't forget to keep tabs on what is coming next. The best way to do that is on Instagram at the Pursuit of Happiness podcast. And soon I will be airing all of my episodes on YouTube. So it's easier to watch and share with friends and family. It's coming soon. So be aware. And uh, yeah, so many great episodes coming your way still. And I'll catch you next time on the Pursuit of Happiness podcast.